Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Play to pod. Hello, Plater Podders, and a very warm welcome to episode eight. This is Dr. Ruth Glynn Owen bringing you another fantastic interview for our Stories of Hope series. In today's episode, we are talking to Lee, who is the adoptive parent of a little boy we have been working with for a number of years. We chat about what happens when you first identify that your adoptive child may have some developmental differences, where to go for support and funding, and the impact that being able to communicate has on the child and the family as a whole. We also talk Super Tiger theme parks, antibodies, and potato heads. It's a good one, folks. We hope you enjoy it. We're going to be speaking to Lee, who is mum of Ben, and it's great to have you on Plato Codley. Thank you for agreeing to be interviewed. You're very welcome. I just wanted to get a little bit of information from you about a slightly different story because you're an adoptive parent of a little boy, yeah. aren't you? Yes, I am. Just to find out a little bit about your journey in, in the way that you maybe started to identify some challenges with your little boy and when that was and, and how that happened for you. So when did you first start to worry a little bit about Ben's development? Well, their situation's a bit different. We've not had Ben from birth. Um, We first met him when he was two years and one month old in his foster carer's house. Mm -hmm. And literally within about two minutes of meeting Ben, we knew there was something very untypical about him. He showed lots of red flags, lots of really unusual behaviour. Five minutes into meeting Ben, I turned around to my husband and said, this boy's autistic, isn't he? And my Mm -hmm. husband said, it looks that way. So we're a bit shocked because social services hadn't picked up for some reason on, on these mm-hmm. flags. But Ben was shown lots of really odd behaviours. The first time we, we met Ben, we said, hi, Ben, you know, how you doing? He didn't even look in our direction. It was like he was deaf, just did uh-huh. not respond to any welcome, any, any no, no response to his name, absolutely no eye contact. Mm-hmm. We noticed a lot of self-stimulating, self-stimming behaviour. So he'd be flapping his arms up and down. Um, He couldn't walk. He was shuffling about on his knees. Mm -hmm. He didn't play with toys at all. He would bang things off the floor. And I've actually got a little recording of the sounds he made. And it just shows you Mm -hmm. how far he's come. Hope you don't mind me showing you this. No, um, no, that's fine. Letting you hear this. It's maybe good for other people to hear just how poor Ben's language was at two. There was no babbling. No mm-hmm. normal like sounds that you would expect from a toddler. Mm-hmm. I'll just let you hear this. Hopefully we'll pick up on this. So I don't know if you got that. Yeah, there wasn't that kind of typical babbling noise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like a screech. He, he didn't eat food. Hated anything mm-hmm. solid being in his mouth. Very, very sound sensitive as well. Some mm-hmm. sounds would terrify him. We weren't too sure what was, what was going on. Ben moved in with us and we started um, phoning our GP. First thing we mm-hmm. did when we phoned in was we phoned our GP and we said, you know, we've got a little boy, Boston to adopt. We, we think he's perhaps autistic and we're needing help. Mm-hmm. So we arranged for a health visitor to come out and see us. And the health visitor spotted the sign straight away and she said right we'll start early intervention mm-hmm. I thought that's really really good 
we're going to get help quite early on. And I think as an adoptive parent, before the adoption actually goes through court, your child's kind of tagged as looked after and accommodated. And when the child yeah. has that label, you do get a lot of support. I feel mm-hmm. if you pick up a fuss, you don't have to maybe make as much fuss as, you know, biological parents would. But the support we were offered didn't progress by any with his development mm-hmm. yeah. at all. As time progressed, he would his play was very, very odd. His favourite game was line and DVD cases up and down mm-hmm. the living room. We'd do this for mm-hmm. hours, but he would not let us into his little world. It was like he had a little bubble round about him. He didn't let us in. He mm-hmm. didn't let us play with him. He didn't interact with us in any way. Another mm-hmm. screeching at us. <laughs> we yeah. were having to guess everything he wanted. So, yeah, within five minutes of meeting him, and I think we, we knew yeah. that something wasn't right. And what about, so you spoke to the GP, but what about social work and the people that have been involved with Ben prior to your adoption process? Had they identified any needs that he might have had? It was quite interesting. Um, Ben's foster carer didn't raise any of these flags. So I don't think she noticed or really had any concerns. A lot of children Mm -hmm. who had a difficult background will sometimes show like attachment disorder, which can mimic autism. But with Ben, it was more than that. It was more than just kind of delayed development like lining up mm-hmm. cds on the floor flapping yeah. your arms spending an hour watching a tap running is not a sign of developmental delay it's it's mm-hmm. something else bigger that was going on yeah we, we raised it with social services and they were very proactive in helping us to get early speech therapy through mm-hmm. the nhs and we were really lucky in a way that we were given a speech therapist within about two months which is kind of unheard of yeah, And there was yeah. a scheme in the area that a local nursery were involved in where a speech therapist, or a couple of speech therapists were based in at the nursery to mm-hmm. identify and support children with speech delays. Yeah. And we were able to access that before Ben started nursery and while was at nursery. So mm-hmm. we had about an hour a week, which is actually pretty, it wasn't enough, but no. it, was, it was better than nothing. Different from other people's situations, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Ben would start picking up maybe the odd word. Um, Mm -hmm. Like he would name objects like car, bus, train, cup. And we Mm -hmm. were quite excited, thinking, yes, here he is, he's starting to talk. Um, He was getting very frustrated, very angry with us Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. We were trying to meet needs for him that we didn't even know what his needs were. So we were guessing when he was hungry, guessing when he was cold, guessing when he was warm. He just couldn't tell us what he wanted or what he needed or how he felt. And he was angry at us for it. Mm-hmm. He became quite violent in a lot of ways. He would attack us. He would bite right. us. Probably remember, remember the first session at Blue Sky, he had stitches in yep. his head. He banged his head against the windowsill and split his head. Mm. And we don't know why he did it. He just got really angry about something. Yeah. And frustrated because he wasn't yeah. able to tell you. Yeah. 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 So he was really, really frustrated, really angry all the time. And... The early speech therapy we had through the NHS and education didn't help to ease that frustration because all mm-hmm. Ben was doing, he was naming objects. Yeah. There was no like real functional language there. So he could yeah. maybe say car, and that could have meant I want a toy car, I want to go out in the car, oh look, there's a car, or I don't yeah. like that car. It was just car. Yeah. Or maybe it was just saying it because it was a word you knew, but there's nothing functional mm-hmm. about it. 
At he all. wasn't able to use those words to actually ask the thing. So that click wasn't quite there in terms of that social yeah. communication, which is what we see with lots of children. We work with loads of kids who do have lots of words when they start, but they get very frustrated because they're not very sure how to actually use them in a way to get someone else to do something for them that they want. Mm-hmm. And quite often they'll overgeneralize a word that they know because they think that might get them what they want. And it's that yeah. whole idea of not understanding that that functional word can be used to get that item so that that's that's very common in the children that we see in terms of the social communication piece so the advice that you were getting around that time it was more getting to label things rather than getting to ask for things yeah. Was it? And, and yeah and what other kind of advice were you getting in terms of behavior in behavior we were signed up with cams quite early on mm-hmm. um, when ben started nursery a therapist from cams was in the nursery to see another child and sporting mm-hmm. ben and spoke to the head teacher at the um, nursery about him. And we were in a meeting the next week with CAMS. Um, CAMS wasn't very beneficial for us, I've got to say. Mm-hmm. In some ways it was, they were able to refer us on to some other services which were helpful, but it was more about giving James and me a space to moan. Mm-hmm. And I found that quite negative. Um, I. It just didn't really help us. Like we knew the issues our child had and it wasn't that we couldn't cope with them or we were struggling to cope with it. We were just getting on with it at that point. Mm -hmm. We more needed someone to give us strategies to help our child and to give them calm and how to calm, how to regulate, how to just, how to play. Because he couldn't play. He had absolutely no play skills at all. It's play involved, Mm -hmm. lining up DVD cases, he had trains, but he would turn them upside down and spin the wheels. And he could do that for about an hour, two hours, and be as happy as Larry. Mm-hmm. And if we took the train off him to play with the train, he would scream at us, fling the train at us, until we gave him the train back. Then the wee mm-hmm. curtain would come down again, the little bubble would come down again, and he would spin the wheels on his on his train again. Mm-hmm. So absolutely zero imaginative play. Yeah. We took him to places like soft play, we thought, we'll take him to soft play. Every kid loves soft play because it's climbing and mm-hmm. you know, it'll be good for him as well. Took him to soft play and Ben spent the whole time getting angry at children throwing balls out the ball pool. He spent the whole yeah. time putting the balls back, the back in the ball pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. To the point that we had to say, this isn't working. We took him out. So we, we, we had a child who couldn't talk, couldn't communicate, couldn't play, couldn't interact with adults or children. He was just totally yeah. trapped in his own wee world. So it was really, really difficult. So as an adoptive parent, it might be a slightly different situation or experience in that you are given support maybe a little bit earlier and there's a little bit more available. Were there any kind of barriers that you felt you had that were maybe different from somebody that was a biological parent when you were trying to access that support? Or did you feel that the support was there, but it maybe just wasn't the right kind? I felt the support was, was there for us, definitely, but the support wasn't helping. And a lot mm-hmm. of support offered through the NHS that I found was initially when, before Ben was legally adopted, before it went through court, when he was mm-hmm. still technically in foster care, we got lots and lots of support. As soon as he was legally adopted, mm-hmm. it was really bizarre. He was with us 10 months um, before everything went through court and he officially became yeah. part of the family, which was great. But all the support sort of uh, drifted away a bit. Right. Interesting. Which was... I was, I was a bit surprised and at that point I started to have to like really fight for support. Mm-hmm. Um, like we did have a really good speech therapist who was based at the nursery and um, the funding was taken away from that project by the local authority 
Mm-hmm. So speech therapy then came down to one meeting every couple of months. Right. And every time we went along to see the speech therapist, it would be a different speech therapist. And we were saying, by the time Ben was four years old, he was still, maybe had about 30 odd words that he could say, yeah. naming things. But he was still very frustrated, very angry, no play skills, not able to interact with peers around about him. And the attitude then of the therapist were, well, we'll see him in three months and see how he's going. They stopped mm. giving us techniques to work on. We right. tried pecs with him. Um, Mm -hmm. that just didn't work at all. Ben spent his time playing with the Velcro on the back of them. So he'd have them in his face for hours. So he'd play with the Velcro. He just didn't get it at all. Um, We looked at Makaton as well. He wouldn't even make eye contact with us. We couldn't get his attention to do it. Just not interested. So as he got older and older, the support was falling away. Um, Mm -hmm. And because Ben, he was assessed for autism at and didn't get diagnosis because right. he was he was too young basically to get a diagnosis at that age we were told because of his um, difficult past and they would mm-hmm. wait until he was older and um, so he didn't have a solid diagnosis so help that was we were due to get from speech therapy was taken away from us because he didn't have a diagnosis of anything which wow. I was really disappointed about and I felt I was having to beg people to keep him on mm-hmm. services OT, we had help from occupational therapy, but again, it was like sitting in a room with a bunch of other parents mm-hmm. where someone went over techniques for maybe about an hour and then sent you home with worksheets. Yeah. So as Ben got older, his language wasn't getting any better and the help mm-hmm. was was waning away. And what was really frightening for us that the few words that he did have, he started losing those words. Right. And I remember actually contacting, we did an amazing health visitor who was mm-hmm. absolutely excellent. And it was her that mentioned you guys to us um, initially. The way it sort of worked out was we just had a weekend where Ben had lost, like I was saying, he'd lost the language, like the very little language he had, he'd lost, and the screeching and the screaming came back. And mm-hmm. we had a long weekend from Friday to Monday where all he did was scream. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is just not good enough. There's got mm-hmm. to be somebody that can help. It's not good enough to see. can't take it any further. Let's wait and see. Yeah. Um, we just got really, really, we, we were really frustrated. And as a parent, there's nothing worse than watching mm-hmm. your child struggle. We knew yeah. there was more in Ben. You, every now and again, you, you could get a glimpse of what he could be. Yeah. But, and we could see that. But other professionals who maybe seen him for maybe like half an hour for an appointment mm-hmm. are not seeing that side of him. So it just got really frustrated. We contacted our health visitor to say, we're really struggling here. You need to get some more help for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nursery Ben was at were fantastic at the time, but they had obviously mm-hmm. lost this That's early intervention yeah. package um, that, that was going on, which was great in a way. Um, even though it wasn't helping Ben, it was helping other children there. Yeah. That got lost. But there was a wee boy in the nursery who was in the same group as Ben, who was at Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. This sounds awful, and I know the mum really well, and I know she won't mind me saying <laughs> this, but... When Ben first started the nursery, I thought, oh, that's really good. There's another wee boy who can't talk in his group. Mm-hmm. And I saw the same wee boy a year later, and he was talking. And I thought, right, what's what, what's going on here? If he can talk, surely Ben can talk. But we spoke to our health visitor, and she passed us a leaflet for Blue Sky Autism and said, you know, I've, I've had a visit. I think these guys could maybe really help you. Mm-hmm. So I think we contacted you through. We found, found you on social media. Yeah. That you through Facebook. And you email back, I think it was later on that evening, email back mm-hmm. and we booked Ben in for an intensive session just yep. to see how, how things would go. It's an interesting, it's, it's just 
it's nice to look back because you know we'll talk more about what Ben does now and how he's getting on but yeah I remember that assessment I remember your referral form and when we ask about you know behaviors that challenge and you know how are you getting on you know what's what kind of um challenges does your child have and I remember your referral form saying you know he's having up to 50 tantrums a day um mm-hmm. you know frustrated I think it was up to 50 wasn't it or, or oh, more yeah. than that more than your referral form. Yeah. And we were like, okay, we like a challenge. Let's give this a go, see how it goes. And yeah, he came in and I mean, it was pretty transformative, wasn't it? The first kind mm-hmm. of like few hours, he just got his head around what we were trying to ask him to do. And he started to use words to, to ask us to do things. Yeah. Um, and that was that switch that just kind of clicked it all on, wasn't it? Yeah. So we had the three-day intensive session and mm-hmm. we thought, you know, we'll do an intensive session because Ben, he was four and a half when he started mm. going, which is quite old. So we thought, you know, we'll start off intensive to see if it works. Because we knew he needed quite intensive help at that stage. It wasn't like half an hour once a week was not going to cut it. Yeah. So we, we spent three days with you guys, basically. And mm-hmm. at the end of the three days, you must have been sick of me sitting crying all the time. Because <laughs> he started asking for things and putting more things he had never done mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Like, want that, mummy? I want mm-hmm. I want that ball, or mummy, I want potato heads. He had never mm-hmm. done anything like that before, absolutely no functional language at all. There was a definite bond with the potato heads, wasn't there? Oh, it still is. I blame you guys for that. We've got so many potato heads, it's ridiculous. But it's like all the all the anger sort of like melted mm-hmm. away because he had this output to, to say what he wanted. I remember going into mm-hmm. like the hideaway cafe for lunch, the little cafe mm-hmm. room. And um, and we're talking about lunch, and Ben looked over and went, "Daddy, want jam and toast?" Wow! And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" For a little boy who was like screaming, and so after three days, he's like, "I want this, I want that." We started going to the social group. There was a bit of a waiting list at the time for therapists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we started going to the social group with Ben, which was really helpful, and we'd see his language improving. And then yeah. we managed to get one-on-one therapy. Just like I think every week he was doing something new. Mm-hmm. Been known as being her therapist since day one. God love her. She <laughs> <laughs> just have the Rona show. I think everyone needs t-shirts made and posters yeah. made. <laughs> oh, she's she's been amazing. She's been amazing because she's had some pretty challenging times. Um, yeah, but she never ever gave up in Ben. She could see that there was more going on with him. Like we were mm-hmm. told by one speech therapist that Ben would never progress beyond his language from what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see him and hear him from that screech that he was making when he was two to hear him now is amazing. Mm-hmm. But every single week he was he was coming back doing new things. Mm-hmm. And I think the very unique thing about Blue Sky, it's not a one size fits all therapy. Every mm-hmm. therapy package is aimed at that particular child's difficulties and challenges. Mm-hmm. And nobody gives up, even if it takes no. a year. To yeah. get them to do something, <laughs> just work at it and work at it and work at it until until the child reaches that target. And there's been things I've even said to Rona that there is absolutely no way. There's absolutely no way Ben Ben will do that. And then a couple of weeks later, he's doing it. It's he's done it. He's amazing. Done it with bells on, right? <laughs> so he's, he's he's gone from like screeching and screaming and saying like car, rah, let's smash the place yeah. up, into talk like yesterday he was having a conversation with me about like antibodies and how antibodies work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and vaccines is quite into like vaccines because we've had our COVID vaccines recently so talking about vaccines and his superpower to fight germs and the little soldiers that he's now uh, we, we've now got to 
feet <laughs> off coronavirus from, from going to that where he was. We should get him on the advertising um, thing for vaccination in, in Scotland. Absolutely. <laughs> you will have soldiers. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's what I was going to, I mean, you've kind of already answered this, but the biggest impact for Ben when you kind of started to do um, therapy with him, with us, I mean, it doesn't just have to be with us, but that kind of individualised evidence-based early intervention programme that, you know, other services will offer as well outside of the NHS. It was the impact, the biggest impact for Ben. What was that? I mean, I think you've already told me communication-wise, mm. but for you guys, what was the biggest transformation that you saw early? This this is going to seem quite strange to say that, um, to say this. Ben's big thing was that he didn't know how to play, mm-hmm. which was a huge thing, um, as well as communication, which is being able to talk and communicate, to talk about how he feels, talk about his emotions mm. is amazing, absolutely amazing. But what Blue Skies have done, which is amazing for Ben, is you, you taught him how to play. Ben had no ability to play up until about the age of four and a half. He was still banging things off the wall, hitting things off the floor, watching taps running. He still mm-hmm. likes these things, um, but it's like, I, I, I'm not too sure how Rona managed to do it. I still don't know how she managed to do it. But Ben has got such an incredible imagination. Yeah. He loves books, he loves sci-fi, he makes up stories in his head. Mm-hmm. He's invented stories about Super Tiger, which is a character he's invented in his head. And he's got all these stories that he tells us about Super Tiger and his adventures that he does. And Super Tiger's got a nemesis called the Red Tiger. And this big imagination and personality was there, but it was all it was all hidden, it was all trapped. Yeah. It was like part of his brain couldn't communicate with another part of his, his, his brain. So instead of like hitting cars off the wall and screaming, he'll now go into imagination land. He loves to dress up. How many Zoom sessions we've had with Ben dressed up as various things? Um, he'll appear on screen dressed as Santa or as an elf or as Super Tiger. Santa in July. That was us, yep. I was his elf. Um, and he has just... very complicated stories, doesn't he? Because I remember seeing you before the pandemic a couple of years ago and there was a game potato heads were involved and there was the Miss Potato Heads and all the animal potato heads and there was a very complicated story that I had to be involved in with the potato heads at the farm uh-huh. and the zoo and it was just amazing. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. The power, uh-huh. the power of Rona and the power of Mr. Potato Heads. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we should get some kind of sponsorship <laughs> for recommending Mr. Potato Heads. Um, Definitely. But yeah, I mean, play is so powerful and I think every child that we see has, has that potential but it's trying to find... we work really hard on trying to find ways to unlock that potential so we don't create that because it was already there in Ben in the first place but it was just to try and help you and and help us to work out what it was that Ben would click with and I think you know it was potato heads (laughs) for you know first part but um you know now he's got this amazing amazing imagination and his stories that you know help him to play out things that he finds difficult and all of those things it's that play is so powerful for children absolutely um and you know he's he's just I mean I can imagine him being a writer for television or something when he gets older or a scientist one of the two so what you talked about the biggest impacts on on Ben what were the biggest impacts on kind of you as a family as as adoptive parents just being your first child um when you saw these changes and Ben, what impact did it have on you as parents? It was completely life-changing for us because before we couldn't even take Ben to a soft play. We couldn't go out mm-hmm. for a meal. We couldn't go out to a cafe. It would be too overstimulating. He would get angry. He would throw things about. One of the things it did, which was disgusting when he was little, was he'd make himself sick. Mm. Stick his fingers down his throat to be sick, so we'd have to take him home. He just couldn't handle being around other children. 
yeah. at all. He would push them over. If it's off play, if there were three children standing in a row, he would push them over, three of them in a row, um, for absolutely no reason. We don't know. He was obviously trying to interact with them, but just didn't mm. have that. So we found as a family, like normal family trips and outings were very, very difficult. We had to be very careful where we went on holiday. We couldn't go to a hotel where you'd be in a restaurant with other people because it would be too much. We couldn't go anywhere that was too busy. Um, the amount of times we've paid a fortune to get into a place, five mm. minutes later to actually have to pick Ben up and take him back out again because he couldn't handle it. So we found we're spending time with our family. It was probably quite isolating in a lot of ways because we couldn't yeah. join in the things that you would expect children to enjoy. Even going mm-hmm. to the swing park, if there are too many children at the swing park, he didn't like it. So he would mm-hmm. be, get upset. And it was just so so isolating and so difficult. Yeah. And I think it highlighted the differences between Ben and his typical peers. Mm. So when you went out, you could see that other children were running about playing soft playing games. Ben was sitting in a corner putting all the balls back in the ball pool. Whereas now he will, <laughs> he will go in and he'll join in games and he can interact mm-hmm. with other children and he can play. We can go and stay in a hotel now. We can go to theme parks. We can go mm-hmm. to restaurants. Um, we can do these things now as a family. And that's completely invaluable. It, it really, yeah. really is. Um, the difference that has made for us just to be able to do, and I say normal things, I don't mean normal things, but mm-hmm. things that other families do and enjoy. Yeah, it's quality of life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you talked a lot about Ben, where he was and the progress he's made. And um, yeah, so tell me about him now. What are his strengths? What are his in- well, we talked a little bit about his interests. It's clearly going to be something in science when he gets older. Um, what are his strengths and interests now? Like how, how is he getting on? Like what does he enjoy? And what is he really good at? He um, Well, he goes to Language Communication Centre School just now, um, which has been absolutely fantastic for him. He was in a special <laughs> needs placement. I remember talking to you about that and it was horrendous, mm. absolutely horrendous. So it took about a year. It, it, it had a year at Blue Sky that was just really, really difficult for him because we're having to undo the damage that was done in the, in the special in the special school. Um, so he's in a kind of communication base where he spends a lot of time with mainstream kids, mm-hmm. which makes a big, big difference for him. So he's doing really, really well at school, considering where he was. We were told Ben would never be able to read, write, do any of those things. Mm-hmm. He loves reading books. Absolutely. So he'll sit down and read books for hours mm-hmm. and he loves um drawing as well he loves drawing pictures and he draws pictures about all these adventures that he's made up in his head <laughs> he's a very outdoorsy wee boy he loves going walks and he loves to go exploring and into all the muck and the worms and to see what's there he loves theme parks which is great uh-huh. loves a roller coaster <laughs> he really does hands up screaming away he loves it <laughs> He's, he's at the stage now where he's starting to make friends as well, which is, when you wow. think about the wee boy that was screeching mm-hmm. and able to kind of meet friends, um, Rona's been helping us a lot with kind of social skill language mm-hmm. and that's really helping. So said he's, when he sees a child now, he'll go up and say, hey, how are you? I really like your jumper. It looks really cool. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and some children will be a bit like, whoa, that's a bit much, but sometimes a child will respond to that so at school yeah. he's been able to make me friends at school he's been able to make me friends at blue sky which is such a such a difference for him it really has made a big difference he loves imaginative play he spends time in his playroom making films he says so get all his <laughs> characters out and he'll invent all these characters rona's mum knitted him a super tiger 
which is amazing. <laughs> and um, Vicky made him another super tiger as well. So he goes into his playroom and he makes films. And that's what he says he wants to do when he's bigger. He wants to make films about super tiger. And his friend Jacob's going to build the sets because he's strong. <laughs> So he's got all these all these plans um, that he wants to do. He's just got such an amazing imagination. He's completely tuned to the moon in a lot of ways, but I think it's brilliant um, when you compare it to where, where he was. And it's, it's the incredible. creativity, isn't it, as well? I think that's definitely going to be something that's going to be massive in his life as he goes older. So what are your hopes for Ben for the... Yeah, what are your hopes for Ben for the future? For the future, um, he is... Well, we, we don't know developmentally where Ben will, will end up. Our hope is that he can be as independent as he possibly can. Um, and we feel more hopeful about that as he's getting older. We can see him gaining skills all the time and social skills all the time. Just Just to be happy... Mm. and enjoy what he's doing we've asked him what he wants to do when he grows up and he's got three jobs that he keeps saying to us he wants to be a uh-huh. penguin zookeeper okay uh-huh he wants to make films yeah <laughs> and he wants to own a soft play and work in a soft play he could probably do all three <laughs> he could have he could have penguins on the side of the soft play he could have the soft play and he could make films outside of that yeah, yeah. Um, that's amazing so he's got all these plans um that he's he's got in his head and you know if if Ben grows up being able to be happy and just be yeah. himself um, mm-hmm. as, as a parent I think one of the things that you, you do notice as a parent of any child with additional needs is how serious inequality still is for mm-hmm. children with additional yeah. needs it shouldn't have to be a fight all the time to get support no. um, but you feel you have to go you have to really fight and shout and scream to get the most basic of support and it's absolutely mm-hmm. shocking and it is a fact that kids with additional needs they, they are secluded to a certain extent mm-hmm. um that they're not included the same people say they are but but they're not like so quality yeah. is a huge issue i, I love being it will grow up in a world where people just saw his quirks and saw him yeah. as who he was and i just appreciated him because he's an amazing mm-hmm. little human being yeah. and he'll grow up in an amazing big human being i'm sure as well or if people mm-hmm. just get by the, the, the quirks and just see him mm-hmm. for, for who he is, yeah. um, that would be amazing. And it's, set, it's, it's trying to smash through those glass ceilings that people will put in place for kids with additional needs and, and being able to see the potential that somebody like Ben has. So, you know, he could make films and they could be really successful, but he needs to be given that opportunity by other people, you know, that are working with him supporting him at school the education process is really important as well and you know yeah. your, your, your husband works in in secondary as time goes on and children get older there isn't as many opportunities yeah. given to kids mm-hmm. who have additional needs it's you know I worked as a, a teacher in special schools for years and many many young people I worked with were so good at things like filmmaking and music technology and all this stuff and you know they'd be a, given a place in college but it would be around horticulture or catering or maybe working in the hairdressers and they didn't want to do any of those things and yeah. it's just trying to make sure that the young people the children that we support when they become the young people that we support are given those opportunities that everyone else can have so that it's really important as you say that equality there's a lot to talk about it so there's not always a lot of action yeah. and in real life it isn't what we see and mm-hmm. you know people can write policies so they come out of their ears and people can talk about these policies but unless they actually see the individual like you say and see their potential and give them all the opportunities that everyone else would get um you know that's not going to change is it no. so in terms of thinking about if you were to 
be giving advice to somebody that was in your position a few years ago who were adoptive parents of a child and they were concerned about maybe their development what advice would you give them what would be your kind of maybe top three tips I would say don't wait a lot of workers will or social workers will give you advice you know like child have had you know a tough start a lot of big changes Mm -hmm. if we had waited and waited and waited Ben would still have been non-verbal and we did wait we we tried the NHS interventions and Mm -hmm. they they, they didn't work with Ben Um, so we waited until Ben was four and a half and that was another two and a half years of Ben struggling Mm. and getting frustrated and getting angry and being generally quite unhappy Mm-hmm. Um, but getting help earlier that could have taken those years made those years much more difficult mm-hmm. um, so I would say don't wait too long a lot of parents always say you know as, as a mum you know your kid best and as an adoptive parent you haven't known this child that long they may have only been in your care for a couple of weeks and you, you, anybody knows the red flags and yeah. the concerns and I think you, you need to act on it sooner rather than later um, mm-hmm. if your child's not legally adopted yet there, there should be more easy access help available. Mm-hmm. And in yeah. Scotland, anyway, you can get a financial help through the Adoption Support Fund. Um, we, mm-hmm. we do anyway to pay for Ben's therapy because the social worker came out to us to, um, to talk to us about it and actually said she couldn't believe Ben was a wee boy who was duplaced previously, mm-hmm. which because he just changed so much. Mm. It's like, hi, come in, welcome to my house, come and play with me. <laughs> um, she was like, wow. So she knew that the therapy was working and the early mm-hmm. intervention was working. She could see it. So she was able to present that to the adoption panel to get funding for, for Ben's mm-hmm. therapy, which is great, absolutely amazing. So there are, as an adoptive parent, there's maybe financial pockets of money, I suppose, but um, yeah. funds that, that, that you could maybe dip into to, to get mm-hmm. extra help. So, yeah, so my first, that was a long bit of advice, sorry. <laughs> the first, no, but that's a, that's a the great first advice is... <laughs> Don't wait too long, like, and yeah. you, your gut instinct, whether your child's biological or adopted, you know when something just isn't right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can feel it in your gut, and I think you just need to act on it and don't do what I did. Learn from my mistakes. Don't mm-hmm. wait two and a half years to go and get help. And whatever that help is, make sure you're you're getting it mm-hmm. as soon as possible. And make you have to make a fuss to get help, which is shocking. Mm-hmm. And we, we were just lucky that someone mentioned, it was a health visitor mentioned you to us, or we probably never really known that you existed. Mm. But it's been life-changing for Ben and for us and made life mm-hmm. so much better for us all, yeah. having a child that can talk and play. The second tip is to find parents who are going through the same journey as yourself. Don't go mm-hmm. alone. Find you, you will find people who, but a good positive group of support. We've been to various mm. kind of groups and I've been to some groups I'm, I'm not going to name them because it'd be inappropriate but where I've left <laughs> wanting to like slit my wrists because I've been so depressed <laughs> it was that bad you're like oh that, that, but yeah oh. no I know it's me and sometimes for me as a professional recommending that parents go to groups is always a bit of a I don't know it's a difficult one unless you really know the group and the context of it because there are some groups where it's all ages and I always think that you wouldn't send any parent of a toddler to go and chat to any parents of teenagers in any situation because you do not want to know that your three-year-old is going to be like having these big issues when they're 16 whether your child has got additional needs or not it's the same for everybody mm-hmm. so it's sometimes not the right mix of groups you maybe need to have like a teenager group or just a toddler yeah. group and that doesn't always happen but <laughs> it's positive 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 interaction with them yeah. and that's something that 
everyone said that I've interviewed everyone I always ask them the same kind of even the professionals that were interviewing for the second series of this when we get there um have also said the same thing like and I would as a professional too like finding other people that are going through the same journey as you makes it less lonely and it also is a very very good source of information yes there's information out there and you can google yourself silly there's not always the right information that's given to you from the NHS even before or after diagnosis to get the odd leaflet here and there there's stuff online but if you can find other people that are navigating it with you or maybe have a slightly older child who've had part of that journey already Mm-hmm. that's your best source of information in this situation isn't it and also you can just have a laugh because you're often going through the same things or yeah, things that are the same but slightly different and that other people maybe wouldn't understand and you can text or phone your friend that's got a child who has maybe similar challenges and go well this happened and they'll go oh yeah that happened yesterday and you don't feel as kind of isolated Absolutely. it's crazy <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've met some some mums at Blue Skies who I know will be friends for life, who some parents that have moved on from Blue Sky now, whose children don't yeah. need help, some parents whose children still are involved with their therapy. Mm-hmm. But having parents who understand and who are positive, um, yeah. just having that positivity and mm-hmm. seeing how well their children are doing and the things their children are achieving um, just yeah. gives you so much hope. So, yeah. yeah and that makes a difference doesn't it it's that positivity and that hope and and I think it's because if you're told a lot that your child is maybe not going to reach any kind of level of language or you get that quite a lot from professionals that are very well meaning and they're only saying what they think is the right thing but if you have that a lot and then you don't have anyone else to bounce that off that's getting the same thing but they're actually their child is doing really well and it's just trying mm-hmm. to there's always that support group of of just going, well, this, you know, this speech therapist told me this today and that person going, well, they told me that three years ago and look at my kid now. It's, it's being able yeah. to have that idea of, well, this has already been said to someone else, but that wasn't true or it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and what would be your last tip? What would be your third tip? My third tip would be don't let any professional tell you that your child won't do it mm-hmm. because they will. They, they, if, if you keep working at it and don't ever put limitations on your child just because your child has been labelled as having some kind of additional needs or mm-hmm. autism or global delay or whatever it is your child's been labelled with don't let that label define who they are it's just mm-hmm. a label and in a lot of ways it may be to explain what, what's what's going on um, neuro, neuro, like neurologically but your child will do amazing things if you believe in them, in them and invest in them and just put that time in them. Just let them blow you away with what they'll achieve. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody tell you your kid can't do that because I have had so many people tell me Ben will never read, Ben will never talk, Ben will never be toilet trained. Ben, Ben's down in this playroom right now writing stories about Super Tiger making a film. <laughs> 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 do, 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 do you know what I mean? It's don't let anybody just put those limits on your child because I think when a child like Ben doesn't really fit into any particular box mm-hmm. and some people will try and fit your child into a box like there's an autism box there's a global delay box there's a language delay box there's a language disorder box we, we, we still don't know what's going on with Ben we, we, he still doesn't have a diagnosis of anything but he has mm-hmm. he, he'll, he'll never fit into any box he is who he is but despite everything the difficulties he's had and going from screeching that's why I wanted to let you hear that at the beginning to just to let mm-hmm. people hear how poor Ben's language was it wasn't even babbling it was a mm-hmm. it was screeching he's been mistaken for a monkey at the zoo before around a mm-hmm. zoo 
And my mum was saying, oh, look, I can hear the monkeys. We'll go and see where the monkeys are. And it was Ben in his buggy, just screeching. It was, it was just, he, he's gone from that to like having conversations about antibodies and mm-hmm. theme parks he's going to build and films he's going to make. And it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so don't let anybody tell you your child won't do it because yeah. they will. <laughs> if you push at they it will. and support them, yeah. they'll get there. And I'm looking forward to my invitation to the premiere of Super Tiger Saves the World yeah, <laughs> in a few years' time. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to add? I think the, the, the biggest thing for us is just to like thank yourselves and all the therapists, like future, past and present, everybody who's had an input <laughs> into to Ben's yeah. life um, have made such an impact on him and us. They've, they've, you've, you've given him so many opportunities that he just wouldn't have had before. He is, he, he's writing stories, he's learning maths, he's learning timetables, yeah. he's reading books. So, yeah, so don't let any professional pigeonhole your child and say this is where your child's place in life is because yeah. that's, that, that, that child is, will grow up into a person who will totally, with the right support, will do amazing things if, mm. they're, if they're just given those opportunities. Yeah, Literally. and with parent support as well, because, you know, we can do what we can do, but we can't do it without parents like yourselves who are really on board. And the kind of the effort you've put in with Ben over the last few years is, like, massive. It's not just us. It's you as well. We're a team at the end of the day. Team Ben. Did you get little T-shirts, mate? <laughs> but it's been a privilege to watch Ben grow over the years as well. I mean, I don't see him as often as I'd like, but just the difference in him when I do see him is, like, astounding. Um, and I know Rona sent me clips of little things that you've done online and things as well. And just, yeah. <laughs> No, no, with your permission, and it's been them. Um, it was, it was the best one. Was I like to move it, move it when Rona had oh, those. Yeah. What's that instrument called? What is that instrument called? Oh, the. I can't I remember the one you blow and yeah. yeah uh-huh. We can put it in later. <laughs> we like to move it, move it, and Ben was in the Madagascar mask. And <laughs> it was just brilliant. I know he's just got such a sense of humour, though, hasn't he? He really has. Oh, he's got an amazing sense of humour, um, and it was just it wasn't there before. Yeah, it was like. It, it was literally like he was a little boy who just had this like bubble round about him. Nobody could get in, nobody could get out. And um, it wasn't a good place for him to be because he wasn't happy there. But he's just, he is the happiest boy in the world. He's always smiling, laughing, up mm-hmm. to some kind of mischief, plotting what he's going to do. <laughs> he's sneaky. He's so dramatic. He's such a drama queen. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's it's amazing. He's got all this language um, and very kind of poetic language and very flowy language. Yeah. It's it's amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, he does come out with some really interesting interesting kind of takes <laughs> on life, doesn't he? It does. Uh-huh. Thanks very okay. much, Lee, for chatting to no us today. Problem. It's been really lovely to listen to how well Ben is doing now, where he where he was at, and, and where he's at now. And we look forward to hearing more about Ben in the future. And hopefully, like I say, I'll get my invitation to the premiere of Super Tiger in a few years' time. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Well, I wouldn't get it A wrong, Super yeah. Tiger Burger is opening a burger store as well for Tiger oh, Burgers. Wow. Well, we could have a Super Tiger theme park. Uh-huh. And then oh, he's got that as well, yeah. Oh, a Tiger okay. roller coaster. And he's, got, he's going to build it in the, the waste ground outside where we live. <laughs> Jacob's going to build it all as well. <laughs> Well, you know, we just have to put a clarification in that Super Tiger has been copyrighted by Ben. <laughs> and, yes. and nobody else can take that idea of Definitely. a Super Tiger burger bar, theme bar, <laughs> just so we've got that in in the public domain. Definitely. Um, yeah, you heard it here first. 
Thanks so much to Lee for sharing her story. And something super important, I think, to add at the end of this episode is uh, Ben's own view. So um, here he is. What's your favourite thing about Blue Sky? That's really important, isn't it? Yeah. And do you like having a voice? Yeah. And do you like playing with your friends at Blue Sky? Yeah. Who's your best friend? Jacob. Jacob. Jacob's always silly. Jacob's always silly. And do you like Jacob a lot? And watch this space for the premiere of Super Tiger, the movie, and the opening of the Super Tiger theme park coming to you uh, sometime soon, hopefully. If you think that we might be able to help you, um, then we can be found at www.blueskyautism.com and our training website is www.playtotalk.co.uk.